Hey there, missionaries. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, welcoming you to our first episode in Black Music Month, where Vincent and I review Miles Ahead from 2015, starring Don Cheeto, Emma Yatsi Coronaldi, Michael Stahlberg, Lakeith Stansfield, and Ewan McGregor. It's a biopic that we appreciated a lot, and I think you're going to really like our review of this film this evening. We also, as well, play Six Degrees of Dervell Martin, Vincent getting to Jennifer Connolly, as well as Steven Seagal. And we have another top five. This one is a little Nia Long centric and is possibly evidence for a restraining order. You be the judge. Um, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I have feelings and they are on full display on this episode of the Michelle Mission. I also want to point out that Black Music Month seems to coincide with the start of summer here in Philadelphia. So Vincent and I are recording this show in my studio, but with the windows fully open to let some breeze into the building. And that means that there's a bit of ambient noise that you will hear during the show. I'm taking out as much as I can so that it's not a distraction. But towards the end, we have a very special guest. Who knew that Mr. Softy was also a fan? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams. I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on today's stop on the Michelle Mission, we begin our celebration of June which is Black Music Month. Yes. And to kick it off, we will be spending time with Don Cheadle's directorial debut, Miles Ahead. A true-ish story. Ish. Ish. With a slant. Ish. (laughs) About Black, comma, jazz, comma, American, comma, international icon, Miles Davis. Don't call it jazz. Don't call it jazz. We'll talk about that as well. <laughs> Starring Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, Emma Yahtzee Coronaldi, and Lakeith Stansfield shows up. He sure does. So we will talk about that and get into what is jazz, what isn't jazz, mm-hmm. what is true, and what is true-ish. Yes. All tonight on the Michelle Mission. All that and more. All that and <laughs> more. Again, it's like Waylon Jennings at the beginning of the episodes of Dukes of Hazard, telling <laughs> you all what all is coming on tonight's episode. But before we get to all that, yes. How are you, Lynn? I'm doing fine, Vincent, and yourself. I am also well. I am also well. It's nice to see that summer has finally landed. Oh boy. Here in Philadelphia. It dropped it it dropped in on Philly and said, "Hello. Hello. Hello. How are these streets? Hot. Yeah, yeah. Hot yeah, in yeah. these streets. I don't right. know about where you are, missionaries, but it is a a 96 in the shade. Yeah, oh yeah. Here in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. We 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 really get a, a big transition either. No, we did not. It was just bam, here it is. <laughs> no, we did not. Not at all. The old people would say we still have our winter blood. 
Like it hasn't really like I didn't really get a chance to shift. I never even heard that. This yeah, yeah, blood. your winter blood, like the you know how you 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 know how you're really cold mm-hmm. when winter starts, mm-hmm. but then like a month or two into winter, you're not kind of settled in. Yeah, you kind of settle into it. Yeah, that's your winter blood. Oh well, we're not there yet. Not there yet. No, yeah, we, so. we still got the winter blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything's boiling. I know. Uh, shout out to everyone out there watching us as we are streaming live via StreamYard to Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitch, and everyone in the chat. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, one and all. All right, um, Vincent, we're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to the heart of the show, and we're going to start with our listener mail. Ah, missives from the missionaries. Yes, sir. And we actually have a a email of a sort. It is a comment okay. that we received from RMJ Movie Reviews in regards to our review of Leonard Part 6. Thank you, RMJ Movie Reviews. I remember being six years old when this was released, and I wanted to see it so bad. Okay, that's fair. However, I didn't see it until years later on video. My God, it's a terrible piece of trash. (laughs) Cosby was only good on The Cosby Show. Every movie he made was trash in the 80s and up. And now that that begs the question, and I I meant to actually look this up, but perhaps you know, Vincent, Mm -hmm. like what other movies did Bill Cosby do in in the 80s? I I think it was just this ghost dad and and he showed up in the film that shall not be named by Robert Townsend in an extended cameo, basically. Oh, that's right. Remember, he doesn't even have dialogue. Oh, he sure doesn't. Right. Yeah. He's uh, exercising his physical comedy. Right. I think Bill Cosby himself came out. What is that? 80? That was uh, 83. 83. And then after that, right. it was just the Cosby show gravy train. Right. Right. Because and, and to be fair, Bill Cosby himself in 1983 is a good movie. That's, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, the blueprint. Yeah. But it's a comedy. It's, it's a it's a it's a, a concert, concert film. A yeah. Concert mm-hmm. film. Uh, his 80s movies. Uh, you, we mentioned Leonard Part Six in 1987. Ghost Dad actually doesn't come out till 90. And the movie that shall not be named uh, came out in 93. Right, right. His only other movie in in the 80s, besides himself, which we mentioned, was from 1981. It was a Walt Disney movie. Interesting. It is uh, stars Bill Cosby, Susan Ansbach, and in the lead and sharing title uh, role, Elliot Gould in The Devil and Max Devlin. Was Bill Cosby in The Devil and Max Devlin? As the devil. You know what? You I know, he was telling us all along. I actually remember that. That's not a bad movie. Really? I don't. I, I don't. I'm not sure I saw that it film. is it is exactly what it sounds like that that kind of fallow period where Disney was trying to figure it out mm. and like funky stuff was coming out. Well, that's true. I'm, I'm reading about it. Uh, yeah. It came out in 1981. The film was considered to be controversial for a Disney film at the time, partly because of the subject matter, mm-hmm. and also because of Bill Cosby's atypical 
portrayal of a villainous character. And this was one of the films that influenced Disney to establish Touchstone and Hollywood Pictures mm -hmm. as avenues for their more mature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since we're talking about it, what year is um the black hole? Oh, the the black hole. I think it might be about the eighties. Um, but you saying that this was a a, a good film? This film was. Whoa! Did I say good? Well, you said you remember it's not a, being a bad film. Okay, I didn't say it was good. Okay, but you and said, hopefully, what I said was I enjoyed it. Well, you said you don't All right. remember it being not bad. All right. Well, let me go. Yeah, I didn't say this is a good film. Okay, well, you that's said very bad. definitive. Okay, well, not bad is definitive, too. No, it's not as definitive. It was okay, good. that's true. Right, right, right. Hey, how was that macaroni and cheese? That one, it was it wasn't bad. Okay. How was that macaroni and cheese? Oh, it was good. See? that's the, There's the difference. See? There is decidedly Okay, all right. Prove okay, go ahead. Uh, reading about the reception to this film, The Devil and Max Devlin, this was actually met with very negative reviews from critics, uh, including... G, uh, Vincent Canby of the New York Times who wrote that the film is neither the worst nor certainly the best of the lot. Um, Variety wrote that though starting out well, the film fails on, falls on its face fast and never recovers. So it, 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 I guess we haven't even talked about the plot. He, I'm, I'm assuming this is one of those I sold my soul to the devil. Yeah. And then, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that pretty much is the I remember the plot it being a little interesting. Okay, if you say so. I don't remember. I see. And again, it's kind of like it, it is like the black hole. Remember that was that period where Disney was doing like weird funky stuff? No, 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 no. I I I, I dig that. I dig it. I I Because the black know. hole got bad reviews. And I love the black hole. The black hole came out in 1959. I mean 1979, excuse me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that same period. You know, you like the black hole. I think the black hole is not that good. The black hole is kind of slow. It is slow. It's very, very but slow. But it's so bizarre yeah, okay. that the tone actually works for me because it like luxuriates in its strangeness. Like you have these long sweeping shots. Mm-hmm. Of like weird shit, right? That I really liked. I feel you. I you feel know, you. even as a kid, I was like, "This feels like more of the of of sort of the the descendant of the seventies movies right. that I like." You, you know, I right. you know I have a real kind of. I feel you. You know, now I'm not going to say love hate, but like a real tepid relationship with Star Wars. Really? Yeah, because Star Wars turned science fiction into pop for a minute. Oh yeah, like all the you know got real pop after Star Wars. You think so? I'm, a lot of it did. I, I mean, for like ten years. So like Star Wars is seventy seven, seventy seven. Yeah, till you get to that that sweet spot in the mid eighties with Alien and my beloved Blade Runner and and Terminator and you know when science fiction then even Running Man mm -hmm. where science fiction got interesting mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. for like 10 years everybody was trying to make science fiction for 10 year olds and trying to have I like action figures i would argue that star trek the motion picture is not for 10 well star years. trek the motion picture doesn't count because that was for old people that was just That's a member that was a member that was a member berry that that <laughs> that we 
that we made happen through sheer force of will. That's very true. And Farrell Blackwell was to say, why are we still talking about Leonard Part 6? Why are we still talking about Bill Cosby? Is this the wrong episode? No, no, it's not no, the no, no, no. We're no. answering a, a listener Answer, mail. And talking about listener mail and Bill Cosby's film work in the 80s. In the 80s, yes. That, that's what I'm surprised was. he didn't have a cameo on Fat Albert. Yeah, he, maybe he did. I, I, but that would have been in the two thousands, right? Uh, we got an email from Anthony Sterling. Hey, Anthony, aka the Corrections Department. Okay, what we mess up? Uh, six degree of Derville Martin correction. Oh, okay. What? Uh, greetings from Louisiana. Thank you for letting us know where you're from. Very uh, nice. Please, when you send us an email or a voicemail, please uh, let me let us know where you you're uh, coming from because we really appreciate that. So as I'm listening to the Leonard Part 6 episode, which I will continue to praise y'all for the sacrifices to your sanity <laughs> for watching this. We do it for the people. I noticed that when Vince was connecting Penelope Cruz to the savant thespian that is Dervell Martin, he said that she was in Nacho Libre. Sadly, Penelope was not in Nacho Libre as Sister E. Imancion. Who was that? That credit goes to Anna I will say that Penelope and Anna resemble each other, so I can understand. Anyway, love the podcasting and been rocking with y'all. That is not Penelope Cruz. Keep on doing the film's God's work. The mission continues. In Nacho Libre? I I remember, like, you know, a a Latinx lead, so I just, I didn't even bother checking on that. So so apparently it's, it's not. It's not. I don't even know what else Penelope Cruz was in. Oh, she's been in. Well, like hey, I said, I didn't say she won in stuff. That, I just said but, I didn't but know. like I mentioned right. last week, right? She's she does serious stuff. Like so, like if you're not like in the mood for some of her stuff, it can slip slip through the cracks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, what <laughs> do we need to do, Penelope Cruz, all over again? Like I, I, I feel like I feel like we. We don't have to, but um, I'm I'm blown away that she wasn't in um Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. You're still you're still leaning. Yeah. Up. Um, she has she was in the well. You know her big the movies that you know probably she made the most money is in. She was in uh one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So she was in Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. Oh, was she? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was in. Uh, she was also in a movie that I absolutely love, but I refuse to watch again. Which was Blow with Johnny Depp. You ever watch Blow? You know what? I did watch Blow. I have no memory of Blow at all. I, I mean, I know it's based on a true story, and I I love Blow, but mm-hmm. it's a movie that got me in my feels because of like Johnny Cap- Johnny Depp's character's relationship with his daughter okay um it made me like heart sick it made me hold on to my daughter a lot long, hold, longer and hold harder. okay all right well so i i don't want to watch that movie again i own it but i don't want to watch that movie again right right right, right, right um right. and and aaron fry is saying that he did have a cameo in in fat apple okay there you go Bill cosby so there, there you, you go. go penelope cruz was not nacho libre bill cosby was in Fat Albert. 
and the world continues to spin on. That's why you got to get up in the morning. You learn something new every day. There you go. Well, we're not going to do a do-over on Penelope Cruz. But, right, 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 right. Um, and we won't even notch it as a win in, in my books because I didn't catch it. So. <laughs> right. It's it's kind of like if you know are you calling like like if you if you say somebody reneged, if you're wrong, you lose three books. Right. So it's like okay, yeah. Are you challenging me? I'm not. All right. So, so, so there you go. All right. We also got an email. Okay. From Sean Simmons. Hey, what's going on, Sean? Okay. Um, and it says Sean Simmons, MA. That means like I'm. Has a master of arts. Master of arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Excuse me. Hey, man. I feel like he, I feel like he should be like Doctor Sean. Well, that would be a PhD. Oh, okay. So it's just Master of Arts, right? Okay, I don't know. Or EDD, right? Um, Mr. Webb or Psy and Mr. D. You finish. Or an MD. They're various doctorates. Okay. And doctors, but but continue. What please. are you? I have a PhD. So you are actually so actually. He is misrepresenting you. It should be Mr. Webb and Dr. Williams. It's true. But you know what? As a trained rhetorician. Rhetorician? Yes. I'm going to give you a lesson in rhetoric. All right. It is impossible Mm -hmm. to correct somebody when they call you Mr. And you say, actually, it's doctor. It is impossible to do that without sounding like an asshole. (laughs) It's actually not possible. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. So if someone calls you Mr., like you're still a doctor. Yeah. But like if you correct them, now you're an asshole. Exactly. So, you know. All right. But please continue. Mr. Webb and Dr. Williams. I hope all is well. Music Month has me thinking. Okay. Sean Simmons, right? It has almost been a year since the House Party 2 review. (laughs) So when are we going to get Toya (laughs) of Toya Haynes of the first time I heard podcasts and our social media director? Mm -hmm. When are we going to get Toya back for House Party 3? Oh, boy. Kicking and screaming. I have been waiting on pissed off Toya. (laughs) That's a pretty funny Toya. That's a that's a, that's, that's a pretty interesting. That's a fun Toya that's, to have at a party. Depending on you. how things go on our various episodes, we we are very familiar with annoyed Toya. Yes, like an hour after, like so we did something wrong or mm-hmm. something should have been done differently, and I'm not going to point any fingers, but somebody was running around here changing his shirt before we started because apparently his shirt is the wrong color. I'm not going to say it was the wrong. I'm not going to say which one of it it was, but if someone points at Lynn, I'll whistle. <laughs> Let me go change my shirt. Toy said, I, I said, what? <laughs> then I got scared. I was like, am I wearing the wrong color shirt? I didn't know we had to wear different color shirts. You always had the right shirt. All right. I'm just making sure it's always me. Okay. I'm it just safe in assuming. <laughs> That it is always me. All right. Well, you make sure your shirt's the right color. <laughs> but uh, yes, pissed off Toya. Yes. As Sean continues. I've been waiting on pissed off Toya. I just ran back the House Party and House Party 2 reviews this weekend to relive those laughs. 
sexual tension between kid and stab <laughs> kid not being the rapper in his own dream which is which is just sad which is sad it's just sad it's just sad and true yeah um so many laughs appreciate all that you both do shined sean simmons well, Toya, you heard what the man said. Yes. Or the woman. I mean, Sean could be a woman as well. Sean, well, yes. You heard what the person said. You heard what the missionary said. Yes. The missionaries have spoken, Toya. House Party 3. Yes. And you. Yes. So we'll have to, we'll have to close out. We'll close out the summer. We'll close out the it's summer. summer. It's kind of like a summer. It's summer. It's just like house party and has yeah. house party 3 and kids going to get married. Yeah. And, and I don't think we're allowed to go any further down the house party train. I think that is the last house party installment that was in the movies. Yes. The it's, two the two after that, I think, were straight to, straight to video or, or to television. However, it promises not to be our last foray into the filmography of Kid and Play. No, we still have to do class acts. That's right. Which is their high concept film. <laughs> yeah. they, they stretched out a little bit. They wanted to flex. Right. They did it. Did a prince and a pauper riff. They, they, they you know, they wanted to, you know. I guess it's not quite Prince and the Pauper, but uh, they they switched identities. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, it was it's Oscar bait. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kid and Play saying we can play against tight. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> they saw six degrees of separation, <laughs> and they said, "You know what? We should call call our manager." <laughs> Ice Cube was in Are They Are We There Yet? They were like, hmm. Submit it for your consideration. <laughs> Kid and play. Kid and classic. Classic. <laughs> for best picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because classic is terrible. It is very terrible. Um, which means that <clears throat> I can guess when that'll be showing up. Anyway. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that has been our listener mail segment. For this evening, ladies and gentlemen, um, feel free to email us any of your thoughts and concern. You can email us at the me show mission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Or feel free, if you want to, drop us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what's on your mind. Don't let the 666 scare you off. All mm. right. I don't like all that. I know you don't. I know. But there it is. There it is. There it is. All right. Now, we're moving. We're trucking right along. Moving right along. I don't know about you, Vincent. Uh-oh. But um, friends of mine will 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 know that every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, because I try and be very inclusive okay. and very, very, you know, uh, so very supportive. Absolutely. Black women. like No doubt. You know, a lot of sisters and all things that I do, but every once in a while, I fall victim to having a man moment. Okay, now I had a man moment, a bit of a man moment this weekend. Okay, um, the, the Memorial Day weekend, I actually spent it in New York. Okay, all right, uh, with my with my girlfriend, Miss um, Kay, mm-hmm. uh, and her family. We hey. had a great time. We went to see a. Uh, Four Color Girls. Very nice. On Broadway. It was a fantastic show. Excellent. Excellent show. I had a great time on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, we sat um, for a cookout. Had great food. 
always good. Ate way too many deviled eggs. Hey. Um, but hey, they were they were they were there. You mess with the cholesterol. That's the way to do it. That's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And we were watching TV because we were watching the basketball game. Okay. Right. Which came on later that night. And we were watching watching a couple of actually we watched a very funny, I think, um, the movie, Amazon movie. Okay. Uh, I believe it's an Amazon original film called Emergency. Okay. I don't know if you've seen this banner when you tap into your Amazon Prime. I have not. Uh it is a film. I'm gonna bring up the the information on it because it actually it was it was like a blind watch for me and um, my lady on Friday, but we didn't finish it. And then we watched it and completed it with her, with her family over the weekend. Uh, it's by directed by Carrie Williams stars, RC Siler, Donald Elise Watkins, Sebastian uh, Chacon and Sabrina Carpenter. It is, a, it actually is a cool film. This is, I'm going to read for you the, um, the little IMDB the sum- summary on this after an epic night of partying three college students return home to find an unconscious woman in their apartment worried the police will suspect them of wrongdoing they tried to get the woman to safety without drawing suspicion hilarity ensued oh i did see this trail i feel like you left out a few important details yes that the three college students are are black and most importantly the woman is a young white girl. Right. So they came home to an unconscious white girl in their apartment. In their apartment. Yeah. Um, and that's, that, that's no good. That is no good. That's no good right there. That is no good at all. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I love this film. It, 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 it's funny. It definitely plays on some racial issues, but mm-hmm. without being like, you know, message heavy. Right. Okay. You know, and definitely has the, a, a younger point of view of things. Sure. Um, especially in dealing with the N word. It's a really cool scene that takes place in the classroom mm-hmm. um, early on in the, on the film. Mm-hmm. I think it's a film that you, I think it's a film you would enjoy. Okay. And I think at the age that your daughter is right now, she could handle this film because, okay. you know, I mean, it's a college student. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think she could get into it. It really, it, it really uh, like caught us by surprise how good it was. Okay. You know, conversely. Uh-uh. And I mean, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's on Amazon Prime. I mean, it, did it did it do the circuit at all? Is this in play no, for No, us? no, it's an Amazon, it's an Amazon no. Amazon original. original. Okay, so, all right. So it debuted on there. Okay. Conversely. All right. We watched the film uh, also on Amazon. And I also believe this is an Amazon Prime film that may have got um, uh, a short uh, a short run in theaters called Master, starring your girl Regina Hall. Yeah. And Zoe Renee, who we were introduced to from Jin. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I won't watch it. I've gone back and forth about whether or not I should watch it. Why? You're about to tell me. Why? Because of because of the horror aspect of it? The horror aspect and appropriately enough, you you know, sort of ambient racism in academia. Mm-hmm. I'm not really trying. I mean, well, like it's there. Yeah. And any no, really? It, it ain't ambient. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's like this, it's like this uh this this key light. It's, yeah, it's it's on. Yeah. You know, um, the film uh, three women strive to find their place at a prestigious New England university that may disguise something sinister. Uh directed by Mariama Diallo. Um it it's a film that 
it's not bad. And I think I can see some. <laughs> see? <laughs> see? It's not bad. Okay. Um, and I could definitely see some people watching this like, oh, I really enjoyed it. Right? Okay. But I think it's a film that leaves a, a little too many dangling threads okay. there, um, hanging out there. And I think that it's a film that desperately wants to be a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, that's that was part of... I mean, look, if Regina Hall wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't have paid any wouldn't attention paid to any it. Wouldn't have paid any attention to it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's not bad in it either, but I mean... I mean you know, but she's Regina you know, Hall. Yeah. Um, I actually, having only really seen that I remember, Zoe Renee from Jin, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, she was really good. In Jin. Watching her in this film, she's very good in this movie as well. Okay. She is very good in this film, and she carries a lot of the film. Okay. Um, it's uh it's worth watching. Okay. I, I'll say that. Right. I, I think people should give it a should give it a chance. Uh Clifton Rant says that it it, oh. it doesn't sound funny to me. Oh. Um, well, it's not supposed to be funny, <laughs> um, to be fair. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. but um it 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 was an interesting film. It was an interesting yeah. film. Uh, right. and, and then we took that in. If only we had a podcast where we talked about black movies. Seems like maybe we might have an opportunity to talk about it. Well, may- maybe. It could, like I said, I got to check and see if it got a limited. I think, it, I think, I think, think it, it did. I think it did. Which means it might be in our wheelhouse. Right, right, right. It, it, it was. It was. It was in that that flurry of articles about Regina Hall the past couple of years with um the film that we're really looking forward to that. Of course, I just forgot the title with her and Sterling Brown about the mega church. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I know what's going on. Yeah. I, I, I don't like all the articles about that said, and also she's in master. Right. Well, actually, okay, here we go. The film made its world premiere at Sundance. Yeah. Yeah. There it's you also go. Screened at South by Southwest. So yeah, know, there you, you go. Know, we count we'll like, get the, to the, it. the, 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 the film, you know, like the, the movie circuit, right? Festival circuit. So, you know, there we go. We will, we'll definitely get to, right, right, that. Um, Sounds like it could be a Halloween movie. I mean, could it? It definitely, it, it definitely, definitely October. All right. Definitely, there you go. Definitely programming in real time. There you go. Um, but that wasn't my man moment. That wasn't your man moment. My man moment while well, was while watching the game. Uh huh. And like, I don't have cable. Okay. Um, so I don't, so sometimes I usually don't even watch the basketball games. I'll just watch them on like, you know, the highlights. Okay. It's the NBA finals. Sure. Well, it wasn't NBA finals. It was game seven. All right. Yes. So, so, so I had to watch it. Okay. My family was watching it. So it was Sure. But in watching it, you know, you're you're watching commercials Mm -hmm. because I mostly have streaming. I don't see commercials. Right, right, right. Very seldom do I see, see commercials, but I am familiar with a series of, um, and I think it's like uh, body wash commercials. Okay. With Dion Cole. Yes. And, and Gabrielle, Gabrielle Dennis. Dennis. Oh, yeah. 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 So they, 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 I don't know if this was a debut or how recent this, this iteration of their commercial series was, mm-hmm. but one of their commercials played during the, the, the game. So I'm watching this. I was Dion Cole, Gabrielle Dennis. Yeah. Right? And, and I remember like those commercials are cute, mm-hmm. but they're talking to a therapist. Okay. And and they're having like their funny banter, and then the the camera cuts real quick mm-hmm. to the therapist, mm-hmm. and the therapist is Neil Long. Oh boy! 
<laughs> and I don't even think she has a line. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, yeah, cuts yeah, yeah, yeah. To Nia Long. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the commercial goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. My man moment is that I was barely paying attention to the commercial. Right. I actually just wish you stopped using the phrase man moment. I feel like I want to wash my hands okay. every time you say that. I'm sorry. But go ahead. So as I was watching the commercial, yes, I was barely paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. But then Nia Long flashes on the screen. Yes. And my eyes immediately were like, is that Nia Long? Yes. And my as mouth one does. wanted to follow suit. Yeah. And say, was that Nia Long? Yes. But I was sitting next to my girlfriend. So in a room with her family. Right, right, right. So my mouth immediately said, was that not the time to say anything? Right. And it shut up. I mean, and it said nothing. You could have said, is that Nia Long? Like as long as you ain't say nothing else, like you get up and start dancing and singing Brick House. (laughs) Like that would have been inappropriate. Or if I had to rush for the remote and right, say, right, can we rewind right, right. this real quick? Rewind yeah, yeah. this commercial. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> what a winning hand. See, if you would have said that, that would have been inappropriate. That would have been inappropriate. Got up and start doing the funky chicken saying she's a bad mamma jamma. <laughs> that would have been inappropriate. That, that would have been inappropriate. But, but I don't know who dates a man in our age group. <laughs> And thinks that Nia Long is not going to cause a reaction when we see her. Well, that's very that's like that's good. actually in our contract. It is right. It is right. It's, it's very good. Yeah, you know. Right. Right. Um. So anyway, she's a bad man, Majemma, and she is indeed. Right. Like if you just start doing that. So as I was watching, so as the commercial went on, okay, and I tried replaying it in my head, yes, failing, right, right. Um, I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. "What is odd that she shows up in this commercial?" Certainly, it was the, and I learned it was the first commercial she's ever done. Okay, because then you went and researched it. I did. See, now it's weird. (laughs) See, now you've made it weird. Like I didn't research it in the moment. Right. (laughs) You went in the bathroom and locked the door. (laughs) See. Now it's weird. <laughs> like if you just said, "Oh, it's Nia Long. Wow, she's she's really pretty." I'll even take, "Oh, that's that fine ass Nia Long." Maybe not fine ass because her family was there, so just fine. <laughs> mm, look at Nia Long. Probably too much. That would be like, mm, look at Nia. That like, mm, don't go. Mm. <laughs> but like you could have said, "Oh, wow, look at Nia Long." And then I mean, you know. But anyway, Idris Elba is in some movie as a genie and he don't have no shirt on. Is he? Yeah, that genie movie. What? Genie it's the movie? genie George. Um, What's my man's name? Uh, Fury Road. Is that George Miller? George Miller. Yeah. Yeah. His new movie is. is oh, a new movie. Is yeah, it's coming out. Say, and Idris yeah. Elba plays a genie. And he don't have no shirt on. So okay. like your girl went. Oh, look at look at Idris Elba. I don't know if my girl like Idris Elba. Is like- OK, whoever, whoever, whoever. I don't know who the ladies like. It's like Idris Elba. Is Idris Elba your, your wife? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't pay attention. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Because she knows Anika Noni Rose. Right. You but, don't know her? Yes. No. Who's her Anika Noni Rose? I don't know because it's hers. Again, if I said, uh, 36, like if I watched 
what's the Christmas movie? Like if I watch Jingle Jingle, mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, look at Neil Long. And then the movie goes on. Like if I pause it and said, no, no, I'm sorry. Anika Nona Nona Rose is, yeah, and I said, 36, 24, 36, what a winning hand. See, that's inappropriate. That would be inappropriate. That's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. So, you know. So, wait a minute. So, you're only saying because of, it's only because of our show that your, that your, your wife knows of your. I mean, if I see her, I see it, but like, I'm not talking about her over breakfast. No, I'm not saying. You know, past the waffles, you know who's really, really. (laughs) Really filling out that dress nicely. That Anika Noni Rose, she's a bad mama jamma. Looks like she's poetry in motion. Ooh, ooh, such a lovely hair. So you research Nia Long, and is the first commercial she's done, and this isn't weird yet but go ahead uh farrah blackwell says yeah len you made it weird with the bathroom research <laughs> i didn't go to the bathroom and do research i don't like putting out that uh right that right narrative. well whatever room you were in in the house that you went you, i didn't do it in the house i didn't you, you you went out in the street you went and sat in the car and did it <laughs> i'll be right back baby <laughs> No, it was today I learned that. Oh, you waited. Okay. So this was way after the fact. It had been on your mind. <laughs> this is much more appropriate than you just saying, oh, wow, is that Nia Long? <laughs> oh, God. I was, I'm going somewhere with this. So anyway, <laughs> in thinking about this. Yes. As you've been doing for how many days now? Because this is over the weekend. <laughs> You know, baby, we watched Jingle Jangle on Saturday, and I've just been thinking about Anika Noni Rose for the past four days. So I looked up some things about her. And doing research for the show. Oh, 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 oh. You, now you're going to drag me into it. Go ahead. Yes. Doing research for the show. Yes. I started thinking about it. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. You started thinking about it? I, I you had been thinking about it. I, no, I, no, I had not okay. been thinking about it. Okay. I started thinking about it. And um it made me wonder. Like Dion Cole was in that in that commercial with Gabrielle Dennis. And it's mm-hmm. a fun commercial. It is. It is. And and God bless Neil Long for her for her cameo in the commercial. Sure. Right. But why did Dion Cole get to be blessed with having Gabrielle Dennis and Nia Long in his commercial. It's a dirty job, but... Somebody's got to do it. God bless. I ain't mad at him. Mm -mm. But it got me thinking about brothers that I am a little mad about. Okay. So, in coming up with this week's top five... Okay. I came up with the top five brothers top five brothers that don't deserve me along <laughs> these are men who have starred in films right 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 they didn't deserve right. me along right but you didn't want to sit on the couch and say oh is that me alone but you now go ahead isn't you about to get a restraining order <laughs> go ahead okay you ready yes all right number five number five Five men in the film who didn't deserve to be there with Neil Long. That's right. Keegan Michael Key 
from Keanu, mm-hmm. 2016. Okay. Now, you haven't seen Keanu. I have seen Keanu. Oh, you have seen Keanu. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's a yeah, dumb, it's dumb movie. movie. It's a dumb, it's, silly it's, movie. It's not, you know. It's, right? It was like an hour and a half. It's not And bad. Neil Long does nothing. In no, movie. no. She plays his wife. Yeah. She has a scene where her and I think their daughter or kid or whatever mm-hmm. go away. I was about to say. They How long? Le- and they leave for the the majority of the yeah, film. Yeah, she's in what, like two, three scenes? Maybe? Right. And then yeah. she comes back at the end of the film. Yeah. Not germane to the plot at all. Mm-mm. And yet, mm-hmm. she's in this film. Yeah. Okay. God bless her. Neon Long. Won't take a check. I ain't mad at her. Nah, never. But I contend. Okay. She is only in this film mm-hmm. because Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. And I can't be mad at him. I was about to say, I'm trying to please continue. Likes Neon Long. Yes, he's a man around and our age. Wanted to do a scene with Neon Long. Yes. And wanted to do a scene with where he is uh, 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 in love with Neon Long. Yes. Doesn't deserve Neil Long. Well, I mean, why not? It's well, his movie. Well, I, 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 and I don't like it. I think it's self-indulgent. Okay. He, 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 I mean, he wasn't licking all over her face. Well, he had a scene where he hugs her. Oh. He her. <laughs> but you didn't want to. Go ahead. All right. Number five. Number five. Yes. Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key. And Key. Keanu. And Keanu. All Very right. self-indulgent. Yes, yes. That's self-indulgent. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Physician heal thyself. Number four. Uh huh. Bill Bellamy in Love Jones. Who I 100% disagree with you with this. Now, he doesn't deserve Nia Long. I will admit that Nia Long's character in Love Jones is 100% wrong. Yes. For dating Bill Bellamy. Yes. Character. His character. Right. Yeah. Well, well, his character. Yeah. His character, Hollywood. Yes. In the film. Right. But as wrong as she is, mm-hmm. she's wrong. He is 150% wronger mm-hmm. because he breaks the man code. Don't date your dude's exes. Especially not their most recent. Ex. But that is his character. Exactly. Like, that's who that dude is. Exactly. And that's the other reason why he doesn't deserve her. Because he's a jerk. But she knew that. Yes. Her character's at, like... Yes. Like, not Zora. What's her... Nina. Nina is actually a terrible person. Terrible strong. No, it's actually not strong. strong. It's not strong at all. I'm not... Take it back. Nina is terrible Take in back. Love Jones. Take it back. And I, I actually love that little plot point because it tells you a lot about her and him as characters. It's my favorite Bill Bellamy role. I, I, I hate to say it. She's not terrible. She's wrong. She's wrong. I think perhaps terribly wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> As so I, Bill Bellamy. As I think more about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. But Bill Bellamy's wrong. Bill Bellamy. And he Bill, doesn't deserve it. And he doesn't deserve. All right. Okay. I, I would say they deserve each other, but go ahead. Well, number three. Number three. <laughs> Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's house. Mm. You know, I've never seen Big Mama's house. You haven't? I've never seen Big Mama's house. I've never seen Big Mama's house, too. Big Mama or? 
<laughs> just called Big Mama's House, too. Um, but Big Mama's House, mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence plays in, I think, an FBI agent. Right, or and then he has to go undercover, go as, undercover Ma- as Medea or something. More or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At his ex-girlfriend, who sure. was played by Nia Long. Okay. No. 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 And here's the reason why they don't deserve okay. each other. There is zero chemistry between them. Okay. Absolute zero chemistry between them at all as Big Mama, mm-hmm. as whatever his character's name is. I can't, I, I think I have his, his character's name. Oh, you don't have to look I it up. It's, it's like Martin or something like that. It's not that important. Yeah, it's not yeah. that important. Yeah. But like, there's zero chemistry between them. Okay. Right? Yeah. So he does not deserve Nia Long. Although I've never seen it, I actually 100% believe you because I've never seen Martin Lawrence have any chemistry as a romantic lead. No, no. Like, I don't think he's good in that lane. He's not. He's not. Like, uh, it's a thin line between love and hate always throws. Like, I never buy him. You don't buy him as that guy. You don't. You don't at all. So, that's, so that's the, the weak link in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So that was number three. Number three. Number two. Number two. It's a bit of a stretch. Oh, this is a bit of a stretch. But it's movie adjacent. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Because this guy, this uh-huh. actor, played the same character in the movie. And the TV series adaptation of the movie, which where Nia Long comes into play. Okay. And that is Brandon P. Bell in Dear White People on Netflix. Right. Does he has an affair with Nia Long? Because Nia Long is a professor. Exactly. Oh, you're bugging. That's that 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 was 100 percent That is 100 percent um realistic. No. It is 100% realistic. Yeah. Why why doesn't he deserve Neil Long? Because Cuz you don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of Yeah, Brandon P Bell is just a pretty pretty little You can't look at a, him. A pretty little pony. You ain't got to pull it. Yeah, he's it's a pretty little there. pony and if you are someone in that in our age group who, yes. who wants to poach yes. a young boy that's exactly who gets that's poached. Who, that's that's who gets poached and Yeah, you just is this People who don't deserve Neil Long, or is this people who are with Neil Long that Lynn don't like? Okay, this one is perhaps a little. Okay, <laughs> all right. This one is a, perhaps a little person because this one is the reason why I didn't finish Deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this anymore. <laughs> the dude that does that i know like you remember (laughs) this is terrible it was always that dude i know who was like a quantum leap past everybody else like you was trying to get like you know you know the tackling grapple little touches and free feels and he was having an all-out affair yes with like 35 year old women yes yeah, that's this dude. He took her down to the docks in the t- right, uh, uh, right, uh, right. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like you trying to figure out it. Well, is a mama home and this? And he <laughs> is that some woman's townhouse? I don't know. 
I know. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, look, look. Yeah. That one hurt. Look, hey, that one hurt. look. Okay. <laughs> he actually was in the running for number one. He was actually. <laughs> <laughs> he actually. That's a shame. I like him, too. He, I, I, I can't knock the actor. Yeah, I, I mean, like God him. God bless him. Yeah, you know, I like he, him. He's a good looking guy, and he actually is yeah. a good actor. Yeah, I like so, him. Yeah. Which is all the more reason why it pissed me off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of like when you found out Christopher Williams could sing. Yeah, it was like, all right, all right, all right, all right that's up. enough Just with slow that. Down. Like Al B. Sure can't sing, and he got that unibrow. Right. So we're gonna let that slide. Yeah. But this Christopher Williams mm-hmm. thing, yeah, okay. But yeah, so he was number one until, until doing my research. Doing your research <laughs> out in the car <laughs> days later, which isn't weird at all. Looking at Nina Long movies that I've seen, uh-huh. I came upon the definitive number one. The definitive number one. Definitive number one. Okay. And this is in probably okay. The like probably the Nia Long movie that like I I I I I like the least. Like I I despise this movie. You despise I this despise movie. Despise this movie. And when we get a, around to reviewing it, I'll tell you why. Okay. Number one is Tyler Perry. Oh my God. As TK. Oh Lord. In the Single Woman's Club from 2014. Oh my goodness. Now he plays the love interest to Nia Long in a another one of Tyler Perry's legendary bad wigs. I'm. Wait, who has the bad wig? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Because he's because he, he's got like it's like it's like I think his he wants to have like more hair on his head than he actually has. So it's like it's a like a bad like black guy w- wig. Right. So Tyler Perry is playing Nia Long's love interest. Yeah, but Tyler Perry is wearing a wig that's not a Medea wig. Like it's a, a like yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, in the film that's set in present day, so you know how sometimes you'll wear a wig to have like you know, maybe afro. like 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 he had like right 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 right, right, right. No. no he just wanted to have a little bit extra hair. Just, I mean, look, man, look, look, and, and look. I don't like if it one you because, are a direct look. I ain't mad at that, brother. I mean, does he, of course he doesn't deserve Neil Long. He doesn't deserve according Neil. to you. Who does? Well, okay. Oh. I mean, there there are people. There are people. That, honestly, she's been in tons of films. Tons of films. There's been tons of actors who, tons of you know, I, I'm fine. And let, you're, you're, are you? No, I am. Really. Are you? Yes. Okay. Anyway, but Tyler Perry's number one. Tyler Perry's number one in the one. Single Woman's Club. And his character in the Single Woman's Club, like he's like, like in this film, and where everybody's got like little shades of gray as much as a Tyler Perry film can present them. Right? Like his character has no gray. Right, Like right, he's right. like the single angel he's walking an angel. through this. Right, right. There are good black men and they're portrayed by Tyler Perry. They're always portrayed by Tyler Perry. Yeah. In yeah. his little brother's shirts. In no. The, in the sh- oh, come on, stop. Don't well, do I'm, no, that's just proper wardrobe. Come on, just come on, stop. I, I'm not knocking on the man. You're, you're knocking a little bit. Am I a, little? a little, perhaps. perhaps. Yeah. 
maybe. It's but just, anyway, this Neil Long thing got you all twisted. It's got to be combined. Right, right. You should have just jumped up on the sofa when she came on a commercial and said, 36, 24, 36. What a winning hand. So that's my top. That's your top. Is your top. Your top. <laughs> This is a segment that Neil Long's representation is going to give to the FBI. <laughs> Farrell Blackwell likes to call this segment the top five actors Len envies. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Because as 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 Ashy Feet mentions, because he he's he was saying that here comes Ice Cube. No, Ice Cube and Neil Long definitely have chemistry you know i think that's a stealth boys in the hood sequel exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah. the, the are you there yet movies mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah they they, they actually have chemistry right right i i don't mind her and tay Diggs in in the best man movie sure you know sure. what i mean um that uh I, hey i even like her and jude law in a film that most uh, a lot of people didn't see alfie which okay. is actually, a, a, you know, right, right, the remake. remake, yeah, yeah, and which I think is one of her best looks in a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yo, I can, I can definitely ride with her. You know, I'm, I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. You're good. There's these five. These, with these five. I have a, I have a problem. Yeah, problem with. All right. Well, there you go. There, there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Top five. Top five actors that don't deserve. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. And I like Alfie. And Damon Williams is saying, don't ever watch Alfie. I like don't Alfie. It's a good movie. It's a, it's a good movie. My brother says, don't ever watch it. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So there you go. There's All my right. top five. <laughs> I think with this with this iteration, I may have killed our top five. You have, the, People the, might not be feeling the top little, five anymore. It's like a peek into Lynn's world. So yeah, it's, A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. All right. It's time, Vincent. Is this a time? <laughs> I know who I won't be linking Durville Martin to. <laughs> Apparently, I need to keep Neil Long's name out my mouth. I wish you would. That's the key. Why you'd be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of touch and a sense of sound. Six degrees of Durville Martin, ladies gentlemen mm-hmm. where vincent will try to get from the bon vivant the thespian savant that is dervel martin to an actor of my choice vince are you ready i am ready all right i am ready all right you can get with this or you can get with that which are you going for vincent oh well i'm definitely going to get with this then let's get with this. this is where it's at amen in six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Durville Martin. Durville Martin to Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Oh my yes. God. 80s action yes. hero. Yes. Yes. Steven Seagal. God damn. Who? Is in them shitty movies, Steven Seagal. <laughs> See, there's one person who you could you could probably get there too if you can pull pull the movie. Did he ever step outside of the like? Did he do like a um Jean Claude Van Damme and and appear in some stuff 
like maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s that weren't Steven Seagal movies? Mm. Like just sort of almost as a parody of himself. I, you know what? I don't know because he doesn't because he, he takes himself so freaking seriously. super seriously. Yeah, like like just looking at the title. Wait, 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 wait. Was Mike Tyson in a movie with him? Uh, you got to be more specific. Like Mike Tyson in a movie. Yeah, with I Steven feel Seagal. like there's a later Steven Seagal movie before, like like maybe before The Hangover. When Mike Tyson was kind of pulling his public persona back, mm-hmm. and he ended up in a Steven Seagal movie, am I making that up? Perhaps. Let me check and see. Um, uh, they were apparently in a film. I believe it almost certainly went direct to video, but it was uh, in a, they were in a film together. Are you sure it went direct to video? Because I thought Steven Seagal stuff was in the movies for a second. Yeah, but this was in 2017. Right. Like, I, if it was in the movies, who's he in? What is that? The, the movie where he plays the cook, but he also knows kung fu. Mm, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, I know. I kind of loosely know what movie you're talking about, but I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know Steven Seagal movies. I like, don't, yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a Steven Seagal movie. What's you haven't his... seen a Steven Seagal movie? No. There's one I know you've seen. Well, which, I'm I'm assuming. Which one is that? You saw. Uh, let me make sure that that's the film that I'm thinking about. Um, yeah. Uh, Under Siege. That's the one where he plays like the cook. Is he the cook? Yeah, or, or is anybody in that with him? Yes. Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, all right. This is easy then, but you kind of gave it to me. The movie that I actually, okay. Yeah, well, I don't need, yeah, yeah. yeah I, Tommy I, Lee I hate when that happens. Yeah, so Derville Martin is in the final come down with um, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is in Empire Strikes Back with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is in The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. who was in Under Siege with Steven Seagal, apparently. There you go. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I said I wasn't signing up for Steven Seagal immediately. Really? Like, like, immediately. I, mean, I like, said, oh, yeah, I'm not doing this. It was in our wheelhouse, man. No, thought- nah, not at all. Because Steven Seagal took himself way too seriously. That's very true. And he was way too slow. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. And took himself way too... Like, at least Chuck Norris had a little bit of charisma. Yes. Steven Seagal was always like, oh, come on, stop. That's true. Um, the movie that I I thought that you could get there a little easier, and well done, um, was Executive Decision. Oh, for God's sake. It did, I, I thought that was Under Siege. No. Executive Decision... Oh, for God's sake. Like these titles, these 90s titles, they just pull some well, words out wait of a minute. This is actually not a bad movie. This is actually a bad movie because this is a movie that plays bait and switch. Uh-huh. It stars Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal. Uh-huh. And it's billed as, even though Kurt Russell is on a movie poster, as like this, you know, the team up. Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal, right. executive decision. Right. <laughs> and I think, and, and this is early in Halle Berry's career. 
There's right. no way I watch this. But Steven Seagal <laughs> sounds terrible. Like he dies in like the first twenty minutes of the movie. Okay, and then it, it it's essentially a Kurt Russell. And then it's just a Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. All right. See, someone should have sold it to me like that. Like yeah. I like Kurt Russell. It takes everybody by surprise. Everybody's yeah. like. Oh my God! Yeah, it kills Steven Seagal. This is '96. Like it's the height of oh, Seagalness. Yeah. Um. But okay. Well, well Steven Seagal is a good one though, because I have no Steven Seagal. Well, I would have just thought you would see. No, 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 no. They're not fun. No, they're not. Like he just takes them. Like he's so po-faced and well, he takes himself so, so seriously. At like the- even Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like all of those movies, there was some humor. Yeah, you know what? But in in fun in the eighties when I was like a teen, late late teens, going to the movies with with the fellas and just for whatever, they were dumb fun movies. Yeah, you know, like yeah, was he slow? Yeah, yeah, you know. But anyway, all right. So you got that. So let let's go with that. All right. Hopefully you don't have to give me no hints because I've seen something they were in. Well, we'll see. But we'll see. All right, who we got? In six films or less. Six films or less. Get two. Get two. Jennifer Connolly. Oh, that's so funny because I was just talking about Ed Norton yesterday. Why does he come up? Because they're in the Hulk together. Oh, that's oh, I forgot. Right. I wouldn't have chose her if I remembered that. Right, 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 right. She, she's a good choice, though. She's a good choice because, yeah. you, you know, no disrespect to Jennifer Connelly and her people. Pretty nondescript. Like, pretty much, like, she pretty much, like, everything she's in, like, like with Steven Tyler's daughter's name? Liv Tyler. Like, Liv Tyler. Like, they could pluck Jennifer Connelly out and pop Liv, Liv Tyler in. And it'd just be the same movie. Oh, I totally disagree. I mean, I'm right. Sure. I think Jennifer Connelly is an exceptional actress. I, okay. She is an actress. Is she in Beautiful Mind? Uh, I believe she is. Is that her in Beautiful Mind? I believe she is. I had her um I had a filmography up earlier. Um I'm gonna get to her quick. I'm just we're just talking now, but uh hold on, hold on. Let me let me look her up real quick. Cause I, I believe she is in Beautiful Mind. She's also in a movie that I, I wanna I want to recommend to people that is a movie that I, The House of Sand and Fog. You ever see that with her and Ben Kingsley? (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. This has been Lynn's old white lady movies. It's not old. First of all, it's not old. You went saw an afternoon show. It's not. And then when, and then you went and had tea. Vincent. Vincent, shut up. Is Um, she in Beautiful Mind? Uh, I'm I'm looking. Uh, yes, 2001. She's in Beautiful Mind. Okay. I like her in Beautiful Mind. All jokes aside, I like her in Beautiful Mind. All right, so let's play the let's let's. Wait play. Minute, the House of Sand and Fog is from 2003. Oh, for God's sake! No, 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 no. Uh, yes, it's yes. a it's a drama. Oh. Listen, listen. All right, L- let me just tell you. Oh, for Christ's sake! Go ahead. Wait a minute, because you watched The Expanse. Yes. Right. You you watch the expanse and you know uh uh Haraya uh Agadushlu. Yes, who's magnificent. Yes, she was nominated for best supporting actress from okay. the House of Sand and Fall. Okay. Uh the story concerns the battle between a young woman and an immigrant Iranian family over the ownership of a house in North California, which ultimately leads 
um, to disastrous results. I don't want to give a, give away the film. Okay. I'm telling you, it is an intense drama. It is an excellent, excellent film. I turned my mom onto this film at the time. I turned my fa- my whole family onto. I turned friends onto this film. It is an excellent, excellent movie. Okay, The House of Sand and Falls. I will watch it. You should watch it. All right, all right. Now then, go. Derville Martin is in. All right, let's let's just let's just do it. Let's just do it. Uh, how did I just forget my man's name? I don't know which one you're going to. How did I just forget West Indian Archie's name? Oh, um, um, uh, uh, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo. All right. Delroy Martin is in. Trevor Martin is, and we haven't done it for a while. Five on the black hand side with um, Dick Anthony Williams. Dick mm-hmm. Anthony Williams is in Mo Better Blues with, let's see, who are we going to take our pick? With um, you know um, <laughs> I mean, just go to obvious. With Denzel Washington Denzel Washington's and Malcolm X with Delroy Lindo. Oh, okay. You you just having fun. Yeah. Delroy Lindo. Oh, am I gonna fool around and run out? Delroy Lindo is in the um Five Bloods. Oh yeah. With shit. What's his name? Uh Isaiah. Isaiah um Whitlock? Whitlock, yes. Isaiah Whitlock. Isaiah Whitlock is in 25th Hour with Ed Norton, who is in The Incredible Hulk with Jennifer Connelly. There you go. There you go. And that's you just having fun. Yeah, that's just me bouncing. Because, you know, just that's bouncing. So before yeah. our corrections department writes us, yeah. we both realized that you could have, once you got to Denzel Washington, you could have jumped immediately to... To, to to oh I, well from Denzel Washington you can also go to American Gangster with right. Russell Crowe and then which then would have taken you to, to a beautiful be, mind yes yeah yeah so I kind of wanted to see Isaiah Whitlock down no I yeah I, yeah you having fun yeah yeah just, it's cool you it's cool around. I just I'm just stopping no Anthony no Sterling, no 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 AKA yeah the corrections right 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 yeah 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 Ed That's Norton cool. and Russell Crowe are kind of target rich environments. Oh, I thought you wanted to say you could pluck one out of a movie. No, 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 no. You can't pluck one. one. You can't pluck one of them out of a movie. Mm, I don't know about that. Russell Crowe and Ed Norton? Yeah. I think Russell Crowe is a much more physical. Like, I think Russell Crowe is a physical presence and and more of a, frankly, an old school actor. Like that. He's got a he's got an old school figure about him. Like I think Ed Norton is very much uh, a modern actor. Mm. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Russell Crowe's a bit of a throwback. He is. Yeah, he is. 
I'm trying to, I'm which thinking, I think is his part of his appeal, frankly. I'm thinking about most of their movies, though, and outside of Gladiator and perhaps the Master and Commander, Master and Commander, yeah. I, no, no, you're right. Because L.A. Confidential, you need Russell Crowe. Yeah, I actually think L, I, I think in American Gangster, cut the schluppiness. That's that schluppy seventies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Even though I wouldn't put it past Ed Norton being able to pull off something like that, but I don't. Well, it, it'd be a different energy. It'd be a diff- yeah, it'd be, it'd be a totally right. different energy. Yeah. All right. Good point. Good yeah. Point. All right. Well done, Vince. Right. That's not Penelope Cruz. In Nacho Libre, though. It is not. It is not. Okay. Uh, Damien Williams is mentioning that a a very young Jennifer Connelly was in Once Upon a Once Upon a Time in America. She indeed was very young. Very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of my favorite films of all time. Once Upon a Time in America? Yes. Okay. I absolutely love it. Long. It's a good one. It's a long one, but yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a great deal. All right. Is that Scorsese? No. That's uh who is that? Sergio Leone. Sergio. Is that Sergio Leone? Sergio Leone. Okay. Right. Sergio Leone. What Sergio am I thinking Leone. about? You're thinking about Goodfellas. That's Scorsese. <laughs> thinking about good Goodfellas. Which brings us to, I mean, just a little bit of uh of news. Uh okay. Ray Liotta passed. Away. Yeah. That's 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 a real loss. That is a loss. That's a real I loss. Am, I am indeed a a Ray Leon yeah. fan. Uh, have been for a long time. You know, he, he he's been hit or miss uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when he was on on his stride, man. Look, man. I think Goodfellas. Look, and and yeah, it's evergreen. It is, and it, it is. like I always call Goodfellas is one of one of the dangerous films. Like you can't turn to Goodfellas unless you're ready to commit. That's true. Cause you turn to Goodfellas and you're just in. You are in. So you know you are in. Yeah, tour de force. Ray Liotta uh, gone too soon. Yeah, absolutely. Way too soon. All right. All right. All right, Vince. Uh, enough mucking around. Let's get <laughs> into our review of. I don't even remember. Miles, Miles ahead. ahead. <laughs> nice. That's, you already think about Neil Long sitting somewhere. Next week on Top 5. <laughs> oh, God. Top 5 films that would be better with Neil Long. <laughs> <laughs> Only 5? The Top 5. Oh, the Top 5. The, <laughs> multiplicity with Michael Keaton. Imagine if it was many, many Neil Longs. Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, but Neil Long plays both twins. The Godfather. <laughs> you can ask me about my business this one time. This one time you can this ask me about it. Are you a criminal? No, I'm not. And then like Neil Long walks into the room and sits down and like a bunch of Neil Longs come in and kiss Neil Long's ring. And then Neil Long walks over to the door and closes the door. And then the perspective changes. And Neil Long is looking in the office and Neil Long at the desk with Neil Long kissing the rings. And then the door closes. All the, all the women in The Godfather will be played by Neil Long. 
Michael, what about Fredo? <laughs> <laughs> like Nia Long hugs and kisses Nia Long and says, you broke my heart, Nia Long. You broke my heart. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Nia Long goes to the garden, Nia and Nia Long is sitting in the garden and takes the orange peel and puts it in her mouth, and you're like, and then Nia Long falls over and dies. Nia Long and the Godfather. I'm smart! <laughs> right! I'm not dumb exactly. like I'm smart! Exactly. I want respect! Nia Long comes in, and she's all beat up, and then Nia Long runs out to the car to drive to beat up Nia Long's whack husband, Nia Long, and then Nia Long gets shot up, up on the cars, got shot up by a whole bunch of Nia, Nia Longs. Long. Oh, God. I'd watch that. Don Nia Long. <laughs> <laughs> it is the honor to be at the wedding of your daughter. <laughs> you come and you ask me. You've never come to me before. And now you ask this favor of me. Don Nia Long, what must I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I'd watch that. Mm, God. I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. I'd watch it. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. If you gonna tell a story, come with some attitude, man. Uh, Miles Davis. My name's Dave Braden, Rolling Stone magazine. I'm here to do your comeback story. Okay, move, move back a little bit. Yeah. Oh. Don't send people to my house. You have new material. My material. My session tape. You're under contract here. We actually own that tape. Miles! You own? How much money you got on you? Okay, you about 19,000 light, but that's a start. I moved to New York, met some cats, made some music. Studied piano too, huh? Nah, just woke up black, knew how to play. You're black? The music don't move on in this dead music. It's all about improvisation. Francis, I'm gonna send a plane to pick you up. I need you. I love you. <sighs> Somebody stole my tape. What? You call him right now, tell him you're coming over. I can't take y'all over there, man. He'll kill me. You don't do what I say. I'm going to kill you. It takes a long time to be able to play like yourself. I gave up everything for you, Miles. I deserve better than this. <laughs> Hold it, buddy. Hold it. Do you have a ticket? You're looking at it. You trying to piss me off, man? You don't know what the word lose means, do you, Miles? I'm giving my music back. Go, 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 go. This is madness. I am not dying over this jazz tape. Don't call it jazz, man. That's a made-up word. It's social music. Miles Ahead, a 2015 biographical drama, 
directed and co-written by Don Cheadle in his directorial debut, is the true-ish story of jazz music legend Miles Davis, who, after disappearing for a period of five years in the 70s, goes on a journey to find a stolen session tape with a music reporter who is there to get the scoop on Miles Davis's rumored comeback. Starring Don Cheadle as Miles Davis, the film also co-stars Ewan McGregor as the reporter Dave Brill, Emma Yatsi Cornaldi as Davis's wife Frances, Michael Strolberg, and a nice appearance by Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, very, very, um, I guess, really starting the pop at this moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Miles Ahead, directed by Don Cheadle with a screenplay by Cheadle and Stephen Bagelman, is our first film in 2022 celebration of Black Music Month here on the Michelle Mission and was chosen by Lynn Webb. Lynn, how would you like to start our conversation around Miles Ahead? Well, first, like I feel like we owe it to listeners and anyone wanting to learn about this film that it is, it 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 it, it is a, I guess to call it a, a biopic is correct, but it's mm-hmm. not a paint by the numbers biopic, mm-hmm. and it doesn't follow like you know track the the history of Miles Davis. Um, it actually deals with two um, specific moments in Miles Davis's uh, lifetime and deals with them in different ways. Um, first, as you are introduced to Miles Davis, played by Don Cheadle, who, considering that he is directing this film as well as acting in it, and because he's the, the lead character, is in almost every scene in this film. Don Cheadle, God bless him, you quickly, or at least I, quickly forgot it was Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was watching Miles Davis on the screen. He becomes Miles Davis to me. Um, You're introduced to Miles Davis in there's this period, this five-year period in the early 70s where or like kind of like early mid 70s yeah mid 70s yeah where miles davis more or less disappears mm-hmm. like he is off the grid and in, in the 70s it was easy to be off the grid this is pre-internet pre-cell phones and everything like of that nature um and no one really knows what happened to miles davis during this time he's very effusive about it even in his writings and in his uh, his own book mm-hmm. about it. So what Don Cheadle does is take this moment and from what scraps he can discern from Don Cheadle, I mean, uh, Miles Davis writing of this time, he comes up with more or less a totally fictionalized story. Mm-hmm that speaks to what he believes the mindset of Miles Davis might have been at this time. Mm-hmm. Almost creating like this fever dream of a 70s uh, um, cop movie 
that mm-hmm. Miles Davis might have starred in mm-hmm. in this film, almost akin to a buddy cop film, except they they weren't around in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's real, it's real interesting because it 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 gives Don Cheadle the allowance to, you know touch on aspects of Don, uh, of Miles Davis' character that we know. You know, his his self-indulgence, his 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 manic his manic self, his his uh, admitted drug addiction, addiction. Oh yeah. Um which is hard and hard on display in this in this film. Also, um it allows us to see his single-mindedness his is um his his creativity um and you know miles davis could be a bit of an asshole and yeah. this oh, is yeah. miles davis and with his his whole on soul mm-hmm. in 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 this uh in that iteration of that time of the movie but as he goes through the fever dream of this cop buddy cop film that he does that he has with the the reporter played which is a totally fictionalized uh plot point you know ewan mcgregor's character plays this rolling stone reporter who tricks his way into miles davis life to write his story um as as he goes through their their misadventures as it were, with his record label Columbia and this, you know, this the session tapes, which is the MacGuffin of this film, um, that from Miles Davis, you know, had had this, uh, um, you know, uh, studio session where he he made some new music, but then didn't turn it over to Columbia. Right, and, right, and, and put a pin in that, folks. Right, definitely put a pin in that. Um, and as he's going through all of all the, the the insanity of that part, which is where um, Michael Stahlberg, who has quickly become one of my favorite character yeah. actors, oh man, yeah, he's so good. He is so freaking mm-hmm. good. I'll, we'll touch on his, put a pin in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lakeith Stansfield, mm-hmm. the, their characters are play a part in there. But what this what this allows is Miles Davis to. Um, Return mostly in flashbacks, loosely connected flashbacks to what we uh, are led to believe is the happier moment of his life, which is which was with the woman who would become his muse and his wife, Frances Taylor, played by Emma Yatsi Coronaldi. Uh, this would would be Miles Davis' first wife. Mm-hmm. Um and the who actually it does appear on one of his album covers. Yeah, yeah, she's on the um cover of Someday My Prince Will Come. Right. Uh and has long been uh rumored and I believe Miles Davis actually put words too that this was the love of his life. Yes. Um yes. who he uh met in 1959 um and totally totally uh, became through his force of will you know her entire life um unfortunately to the detriment of you know her well-being 
and which ultimately led to them breaking up. Mm-hmm. And this movie, you know, I think playfully plays back with those flashbacks. You see them uh, meet um, while Don Cheeto is actually on a double date with his friends. Um, his friends pulls up to Francis Taylor's house because he, he's a friend. I think he's a, I'm not sure if it's, he's a friend with Francis or he actually has interest in Francis as well. I got to assume that it's is a friend because right. he's out on a date and he seems to be very above board. But Don Cheeto, who was double dating in this car, he's riding in the back seat with, with his date, who was a white woman, mm-hmm. Donald Don Cheeto. That, that, that had the white women play a part in his life. Right. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Right. Miles Davis. Excuse me. I don't know about Don Cheeto's life. Right. Right. In, in Miles Davis' life. Yes. He plays a part in Miles Davis' life. He is in the backseat with his white date. And he sees Francis Taylor from across the street. And he said, so is his white date. Hey, baby, give me, spot me a 20. She gives him a $20 bill. And Don, Miles Davis proceeds to stroll across the street, introduce himself. I'm Miles Davis. Francis Taylor, Miles Davis. This is 1959. Oh, yeah. And in 1959, Miles Davis is... He is Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. He's not the icon Miles Davis, but he is the jazz star. Oh, yeah. Miles Davis. Francis says, I know. And then Miles Davis writes his number on the $20 bill that he borrowed from his date (laughs) and gives it to Francis. (laughs) In what may be one of the top 10 pimp moves yeah. I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie. Look, man, Miles Davis, 1959. Ain't nothing to play with. Ain't nothing to play. That is the, what is it? The birth of yeah. the cool. I just, that's, <laughs> there's the birth of the cool right there. The birth yeah. of the cool right yeah. there, dog. I'm like, yo, yo, that is pimp, man. And then you just see their whole romance play out, right? Mm-hmm. Lovingly in these flashbacks. Um, and this for this to be Don Cheeto's directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I think this is such an assured, mm. astounding piece of cinema mm-hmm. because it is so smart. Every decision in this movie is so so smart. He Don Cheeto picks. Instead of trying to do it like a by the by the numbers, he picks these two moments in time, which definitely run counter to one another mm-hmm. smartly. One more or less plays out as they actually happen. His whole mm-hmm. life with with Francis. The other is totally fiction, but it it still feels real to the character that Miles Davis is. The two of these stories are married together in this film that visually is stunning. Mm-hmm. The transitions are fantastic. They're inventive. There's a flashback moment of where it flashbacks, you know, like there's like a montage, a bit of their romance, his Miles Davis romance with Francis as it dovetails into their wedding and their reception that is all shown from a camera sweep through their apartment 
looking at photographs. Yes. Like Polaroid yeah. photographs. Yeah. And I think it is so smart storytelling. What it also, with this film, what doing it this way allows, because it is not stuck in any one particular period of time, this film is filled from the beginning to the end with the music of Miles Davis. Yes, sir. From throughout his entire filmography. And because of that, and the and it because of that, it's not stuck in having to pull like, well, this is 1959. It's right. music from 1959. No, it pulls the it pulls music from the 60s, from the 70s. It goes even into his later years. It goes earlier. It's all over his filmography. It's all in this movie. And and blended beautifully, right? Right. Which, when you look at it, it's what Miles Davis music is. Right. It's jazz. Yeah. This music, this movie, is jazz. It is. It is playful. It plays with tones. There are there are scenes that play out where there are no there is no dialogue. There is a, there is a a heart wrenching fight between Miles Davis and Francis that gets very, very violent mm-hmm. that Miles Davis music plays, plays over. And then there's no, there's no dialogue at all. And then the music stops. And there's a moment where Miles Davis tries to make up with Francis and there's no sounds at all. And it is, it is haunting in how it tells the story of exactly both where they are. Miles Davis, you know, maybe sorry. You know he's not because you're you see how the life he lit he lives. And you can see Frances Taylor at her. She has reached the boiling point mm-hmm. in that scene. And there's no dialogue, there's no sound, there's no music, there's nothing. It's it's absolutely beautiful. There are moments in this film where I it I am just stuck i am just i'm just stuck looking at the screen don Cheadle knew knew exactly where he wanted his camera to be to be pointed this movie is from 2015 it's not that it's it's already almost 10 years 10 years old yeah, isn't that crazy this this film every color in this film is so smart the 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 black tones, the 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 black skin, you know, it's it's it 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 is so succulent in in this movie. Um, me and you both mentioned it as we were talking before the film. Uh, Emma Yatsi Coronaldi, mm-hmm. she is excellent. Yeah. Oh yeah. She is absolutely excellent in this movie. Mm-hmm. For. Two reasons. One, she is a phenomenal actress. Yes. She, and, and you know a good actress because she can do so much with so little. Right. There are moments in this movie where she is literally just raising an eyebrow or maybe just looking slightly askant off camera and it tells everything you need to know. Yeah. Everything you need to know. Secondly, you know, she is she is a, a, a beautiful woman. Yes. There is a moment early on in this film where Miles Davis character in the 70s sees her 
in not so much a flashback, but a vision of her in his um, apartment. Mm-hmm. This is, and he's seen her years after they have have broken up because this is now in the seventies. They broke up in the in the sixties, and she 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 looks like she stepped out of a dream. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely understand why his mind would be stuck on that image. And there are moments in this film where Don Cheadle, as a director, smartly knows he, he you can see where Francis Taylor was Miles Davis muse. There's almost like there's scenes where Emma Yahtzee Coronaldi is Don Cheadle's muse. Right. In this movie. Right. Because like the camera loves her. He loved, they pop so well on screen together. It is, it is absolutely mad. I don't, I honestly like, like, I, Don Cheeto is one of my favorite actors. And I've seen him it, like play opposite women bef- before. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it feel it, it runs true. Sometimes it doesn't. Speaking about Regina Hall, I think he's good. He's good with Regina Hall on Black Monday. That that mm-hmm. series that was, they were good. This is the first time I really saw him like like I felt the romantic lead. Right. Like the, like the romance. Yeah. You know that that tension that power. From Don Cheadle on screen, and I think it it, it owes everything to Emma Yahtzee Coronado, uh, her in this film. So that aspect, that side of this film is great. The '70s side with Ewan McGregor, <laughs> as you've maybe not you, but certainly as I have never seen him before, and I love Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. I there's I like, it's a little train spotting energy. Maybe so. See, I, I've never seen Train Spot. Oh my I goodness! Of, I know a lot of people kneel at the altar of Train Spot. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, but I, but I do love him. I, mm-hmm. I, I loved him in uh, um, Big Fish. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just like. You. If you liked him in this, you should watch Train Spotting. Then, then I shall. Okay. I mean, that, that's my homework. I'll yeah. watch Train Spotting. But he, he is, he is so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, and it, it and it. It, it 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 literally feels like a seventies like maybe not seventies cop movie almost like a seventies TV series yeah like yeah. you almost expect Beretta to come running around a corner yeah. or something um they are so him and Miles Miles Davis Don Cheadle they play off one another so fantastic like but Miles Davis there he's manic he's off the wall at, at one time he's 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 dropping philosophy yes about about music and about life and another moment he's pulling a gun on people yes he's like run me my money he taking 500 dollars off of a dude like he, he's insane in this movie right and then he meets michael stahlberg who is quote unquote the villain of the movie right um and Michael Stahlberg, who I was first introduced to in Boardwalk Empire. Of course. Maybe not, of course, but I think that, that would, maybe was his breakout. Pro- maybe. That would have been his breakout. Yeah. Maybe. And and I have since seen him in tons of stuff. And, and, and if anybody's enjoying on HBO uh, Max, The Staircase, he plays the 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 attorney mm-hmm. in The Staircase, just to, to put you in mind of, of the gentleman in Boardwalk Empire, he plays Luckin. Lucky Luciano. No, no, exactly. no. He plays um, um, Al Rothstein. Yes, Al Rothstein. 
Um, he is absolutely fabulous. Yes. In this movie. He is so twirl the mustache villainous, yet so so like so much of a 70s like sleazy 70s sleazy, or look like record. rock promoter manager yeah. guy right mm-hmm. like he, 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 he it's spot on and he's so fun it's so fun Lakeith Stanfield does show up in this film he's fun in this film he's a little one note but like I said this is early in his mm-hmm. career yeah and, and you could definitely feel the Stansfield off of him you know finding finding his finding his way so he, he's fun in, in this film but that part of this film is a hoot and a half as well. Yeah. And married together, this is just a real, real, I think, underappreciated. And I'm going to go there. This is a slept on classic. This yeah. This is a very damn good film. Yeah, I can't. I don't have much that I can add to what, what you've said as far as the quality of of this film, like you you know, just to read it, the acting across the board is fantastic. It's a great cast. It the 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 direction is so confident, mm-hmm. and and I think this is a great example. Like this is a, a a good example of what happens when you have an actor who has studied the craft mm-hmm. of directing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about someone like like I think Clint Eastwood is a great director. Yeah. yeah. Um. Another actor who's become uh, Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. I think Ron Howard is a great director, mm-hmm. and you get the sense that they they pulled from their experience from in front of the camera mm-hmm. to inform what they do behind the camera, mm-hmm. and you get that, or at least I got that from this. Cheadle is so confident, yeah, and so sure of himself. As you said, the 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 transitions between shots, the editing. The angles, the 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 the, the storytelling mm-hmm. is you could not have told me this was his first film. I will just add, I think, just the the the, the sure sign of his confidence, as you said, was his approach to this. We've all seen these biographical films these these music biographies and certainly miles davis is someone whose career you could probably break up yeah and the most- into 20 25 minute chunks yeah 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 i think one you could definitely do like the ray version of right you, you know he's coming up then you mm-hmm. do the 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 the, the 50s period and you do the the 60s and 70s you, you know the electric period and then you know you you do like the 80s stuff the rediscovery right and then you had a black screen and miles davis's this that and the other has sold more and part of the confidence in Cheadle's filmmaking was that he does decide to make this in many ways impressionistic almost tableau mm-hmm. as we said at the beginning it's true ish right like factually nothing in this happened as far as the 70s as far, no, but during this period between 1975 and 1980 right. there is no record of miles davis getting to no shootouts and no, and chasing no. after stolen tape and there like there's there is a record that a record of Columbia pressured him into 
coming out of this sabbatical mm-hmm. and making music. They hired some session singers, some session players. Mm-hmm. Miles Davis went. Yeah. Did not play. Right. Messed around on the organ. Yes. And they 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 allude to that in mm-hmm. this. But to that point, you get the sense that the truth of Miles Davis's life is in here. And, and, and I think it is yeah. worth mentioning as we always do when we talk about the, the dynamic between these filmmakers and these famous subjects. Not only was this made with the blessing of the Davis family and the Davis estate, mm-hmm. this has been in the making for over a decade mm-hmm. where Davis's family said to Don Cheadle years ago, you're the only person that can play Miles Davis. We want you to make this film. Mm-hmm. So part of that carte blanche, I would argue, is him having the liberty to, you know, quote unquote, make up things. Right. Because they they wanted, like they said, you're the only one that can make a Miles Davis movie, not necessarily this movie. Right. Right. Exactly. And what I loved about the storytelling in this film as, you you know, a little bit of a music nerd is I think it really captures almost the tragedy of being Miles Davis later in life. Mm -hmm. Like you talk about you, you have this film and you have the, the, the section in the fifties which are very straightforward. And there's a version of the Miles Davis biography that is just two hours of that. Yeah. It's very straightforward. It's the period piece clothing. It even the filmmaking is, is more straight ahead, the Mm -hmm. angles. And then you have the more impressionistic looseness of the seventies. Yeah. But the relationship between the two sections of the film, Miles Davis is always haunted. By earlier Miles Davis, mm-hmm. like like a, a a theme that comes up again and again in the seventies portion is people referencing the classic material. Yeah, people saying, you know, why don't you play like you used to? People this is saying the stuff people like, you know, people saying, oh, I played your music, I love your music, but then it's always kind of blue. Someday my prince will come, you know. Uh, uh, birth of the cool like that really early miles davis stuff but miles davis never stopped making music like miles davis was was just always create i mean that's what made him miles davis Mm -hmm. like he just Mm -hmm. always recreated himself and to capture this moment where he's haunted by people telling him to be like he used to be. And then that is complicated by this image of his wife. Yeah. Who is on the cover of one of these classic albums. I, I, I just thought it was a master stroke. Like I thought Don Cheadle just approaching this story like this mm-hmm. was so smart. So, so thoughtful. And, and so, and, and so again, I, I think he just had, the privilege and the respect, the, the privilege of having the respect of the Davis family mm-hmm. that he could make a film like this. Mm-hmm. 
so that it it really is. I I think I think these 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 movies. It's always tension between the person that's being portrayed mm-hmm. and how much we as the audience know who they are mm-hmm. and the actor portraying them and how much that actor is famous enough or not famous enough that they can vanish into the role. Right. So that in my mind, something like Ali was never going to work because Muhammad Ali is so noticeable. Like, like you, you know, like he's, he's such a public figure and Will Smith was such a public figure mm-hmm. that it, it it always just looked like Will Smith playing dress up. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to something like what's love got to do with it. Okay. Where at that moment, Angela Bassett hadn't really become the icon Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know what Tina Turner looks like, but really you just knew the hair. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like when you worked up to the hair, it kind of worked or, or just, the you know in my mind like the best of these films ray yeah where yeah, it is. you know um jamie fox wasn't jamie fox yet and then with the glasses it worked there are moments in this film where i have to say in the 70s where it looked like don Cheadle in a wig <laughs> but i feel like back to Cheadle's filmmaking I feel like Don Cheadle knew that this was a risk Mm -hmm. so that you'll notice in the seventies, a lot of those scenes he has on those big miles Davis glasses. He keeps the glasses on because the glasses are look, which a detail like that. I respect so much Mm -hmm. because that's again, Don Cheadle thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Like I think what I put in my notes more than anything else was a version of the word thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell he thought about this. You can tell he's been thinking about this and the way that that it works. So that I understand how it got slept on, frankly, because I think we've been trained as a general audience. Oh, Don Cheadle is doing the Miles Davis story. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to get what we just talked about. Yeah, You know, Miles Davis is a little boy and he's playing a horn and then you cut to him in this band and and then you go here and then you go here and then it goes off. And this is not that film. No, it's not. This is damn near an art house film. Yeah, yeah. And also the, the, an argument can be made that as much of a name as Miles Davis is, that 2015, you know, is it maybe a little like did it maybe miss the window where people are like really checking for a Miles Davis well, movie well i think you know appropriately enough what miles davis always feared i think there's that image of miles davis towards the end of his life with the long hair and 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 glasses. the glasses on and dare i say that is a bit of an iconic image like mm-hmm. i think the general public if you see someone wearing that shirt and you go oh well that's miles davis right but i think when people think about miles davis and you know appropriately enough kind of blue is still the best-selling jazz album of all time like really they, is it yeah they say like 
like people don't own jazz people don't buy jazz but if you own one jazz album people own conda blue don't call it jazz yes yes don't call it jazz miles davis calls calls it social music and they're even that i'm trying not to go down a rabbit hole with miles davis and electric miles and everything (laughs) that goes because i'm trying to be good okay but i think that's the miles davis that people no, like the Miles Davis who was in the Gap ad mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, or just you know somebody has a, that picture of Miles Davis on their Instagram page to kind of show how cool they are. Mm-hmm. So that I think it's one part how much time was spent in the seventies, mm-hmm. one part that like this isn't the Miles Davis that people really think about, mm-hmm. but but it like this is not. This is not that film. And, 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 you know, obviously we're going to recommend this, but like, I think I'm, I'm strongly recommending it to people who kind of have gotten tired of these movies, mm-hmm. like these movies, you, you know, like kind of these kind of Bob the numbers movies, but yeah, it's, it's a great film and, 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 and everyone in it is great. And I will repeat this about what you said. Um, Emma Yahtzee Cornaldi, I, I don't know why in the world she doesn't work more. I know. This is our second time talking about her. She was in Ava DuVernay's Middle of Nowhere, another film where she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's she's, yeah, just to talk a little bit out of school, I'll, I'll give you all a few details. Lynn said we talked about her before the film started. One of the things I said, one of my pet peeves, is when you have these films and and a man makes a decision based on how beautiful a woman is. Mm-hmm. And then as a viewer, I'm like, eh, she ain't even that cute for you to be doing all that. Right. I think Emma Yahtzee, Cornaldi, you absolutely understand why Miles Davis stopped everything yes, sir. for her. User. Like she's she's a great actress. You know, you got to start with she's she's a great actress. And but you start there because it's true. Because she's it's fantastic. true. Fantastic. But she is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like almost distractingly. Mm-hmm. So that you understand this is who you would choose to play this woman mm-hmm. who had such an effect on Miles Davis's life. Right. Like this ain't just some random dude who worked down at the factory. This mm-hmm. is Miles Davis mm-hmm. who stopped everything for this woman. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this film a great deal. I did too, man. I, I'm looking at her filmography. As, as you mentioned, we did review her in the middle of nowhere. And that was actually very early on. It was, it was like our first one of our first 20 episodes. I think um, she actually, she's had a, she had a recurring role. Uh, Because she's done some TV work. She had a recurring role on um, the TV show Ballers, which was the uh, HBO show with The Rock. I think I knew that. I think talking about my wife watched Ballers. Oh, really? And she told me she was on there. Yeah, she was on there. uh, Had a recurring role, I think, for the last three seasons on there. Mm -hmm. Um, She most recently appeared in the TV show Evil. Okay. She was on, did an episode of Evil. I'll watch uh, that that's devil stuff. <laughs> and she's in a film that actually I, I just saw. I, I didn't see this film, but I, I learned about this film from 2019, uh, coming of age drama Beats, 
Okay. With Anthony Anderson and uh, Uzo du- Aduba. Oh, nice cast. A nice cast. But yeah, she 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 is uh, you know, doesn't show up a lot, and and I I I just really don't understand it. Understand it. Looking at this film. I'm looking at it, and it, of course, was released to very good, positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was released in August of 2015. Okay. Right? And it went on to gross $5 million uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Um, like I said, it received generally positive reviews. I can see, you know, August 2015, that's late summer. Mm-hmm getting lost in the shuffle right maybe they should have held it a couple of months yeah like this is definitely like should have been a fall yeah release yeah september october you know around time for those oscar films like those because 2015 we're definitely in the height of marvel movies right right and dc trying to the battle with the marvel movies right yeah so i can definitely see it getting lost in the sauce and that's a shame um but you know thanks to streaming um, people, hopefully, people can check this, check this film out and revisit it because it actually is an exceptional piece of work. Absolutely. So, Lynn, would you recommend Miles Ahead? Oh, most certainly, most certainly. Like, I would recommend this wholeheartedly. Uh, I watched this film on my own. I I can almost like verbatim see the text from my girlfriend, you know, like I want to watch uh, miles ahead now. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we review a good movie, she wants to, cause she's tired of watching the bad movies. Okay. So, like, she like was that. not here for Leonard part six. Not here for she Leonard was like, part six. I'm good with that. Leonard part six is not that good. Not that good. Yeah. Would you recommend that people see miles? Ahead? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and again, I, I think if you've seen Ray already, which of course you've seen Ray, if you've seen what's love got to do with it, and of course you've seen what's love got to do with you. And if you've seen one more, take your pick mm-hmm. yeah. of biopic. I think this is a wonderful, appropriately enough improvisation. Well, not improvisation because it's, it's well thought out, but variation on a theme mm-hmm. of the great biopics. And, and this immediate besides the two, I just named, you know, I think Coal Miner's Daughter is is a masterpiece. I think um, you know, Great Balls of Fire, I think is 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 it's actually J- a, a masterpiece. But Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, right? the Jerry Lee Lewis story. Like I'm thinking about the great biopics, you know, obviously Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, this this very much is going up on my list of great biopics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Abs- yeah absolutely. Very much so. Absolutely. I love in the beginning, like there's a, a faux interview, a fake interview with Miles Davis, with the, the reporter guy, like, mm-hmm. they're, like they're filming, they're finally sitting down to record their, right. their, their interview. And the, uh, the reporter who, you know, you would learn at least part of the movie had more of a personal relationship with Miles Davis, but in the beginning you don't know. So right. He's just he's just this 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 voice from off camera. Right. And he starts the interview and he's like, "We're here with Miles Davis." Yes. And Miles is like, "Yo, I used to tell you story. You know, know, getting all all corny with it. You know, just tell it corny." 
Tell it cool. Tell it cool. Tell it cool. And I think that is what Don Cheadle tried to do with this improvisational look at a specific moment and two specific moments in uh, Miles Davis' life was tell the Miles Davis story that Miles Davis wanted to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, man. Look. If Miles Davis could set his life to music, this is what it would be. That that moment, those outlaw music critics just sort of, you you know, making up rules as they go along. Uh, you, you know, what is it? Record, we, we know um, record industry rule number 480. Record people are shady. Yeah, yeah. But Miles Davis talked about that. Yeah. Like he talked about this you know complicated relationship he had mm-hmm. with columbia yeah columbia Records. right like he was on i'm trying to be good like he was on columbia for so many years mm-hmm. which was kind of good and bad and and you know the thing about it like he signs to columbia and columbia wasn't a jazz label right columbia was a pop label mm-hmm. so that really Inform the dynamic of all of the Miles Davis business. Mm-hmm. Like the business of Miles Davis was always a little different than all these other musicians who were on, you know, Verve and Blue Note and Impulse, the typical, like the jazz the labels. Jazz labels. Yeah. So there was always this tension. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, you know, don't call my music jazz. And then, you know, when he when he turned electric after, you know, the um, you know, in a silent way in, in the bitches brew period mm-hmm. and the purists didn't like it. But then he's you know, I'm just making my music and like this stuff is 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 catnip for me. I like know. this moment, because I, I love. I love this moment because so much of it is. How do we talk? about this music i'm sorry just a quick peek behind the camera yes yes that says the ice cream there's an ice, ice cream, cream look i'm proud of myself that i'm staying this focused because you know my instinct is to go get some ice cream i know there's an ice cream crap that is literally parked right parked outside the right window. outside the window it's are there kids on this block because he's some. i was about to say because he's doing the ice cream truck there stuff there right now it, it's the summer here in philly uh we record right next to windows ladies and gentlemen so i could not in good consciousness have them closed even though we have the fan on um so we've heard some ambient noise and right, you know, right we've right. got an ice cream truck which doesn't do the same thing for me anymore because when i used to run to the ice cream truck right i would always get a toasted almond bar so did i i love toasted almond bar we're, they're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. Like, they're not the at one, same. At, at once, they're not as big as when I was of little. Of course but not. Maybe that's because I'm bigger. Right. But they, but they change they, the way. They, they change the formula. The it, it, it doesn't taste the same. I know. But still, there's something about getting ice cream from an ice cream truck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. These kids don't know nothing. About they don't know. They, they don't know, know about the ice cream truck. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. But yeah. Yeah, this this is this is fan. I, I will say this. Um somebody's in the chat. Your brother. Yes, of course. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the <laughs> hell kind of ice cream truck is out at 9 p.m.? I suspect we could also get some weed. 
This is why these kids don't know about real ice cream. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, everyone should watch this movie. Everyone should listen to some Miles Davis. Listen to some Miles Davis from different periods of time. Yes. Uh, best way to listen to Electric Miles, don't think of it as jazz. As he social was, music. It's social music, but but it's fantastic. Um, I love the Miles Davis criticism from mm-hmm. this period because you get a you know it forced critics to 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 really change their vocabulary That's about true. this stuff. We were talking, I think um Stanley Crouch died last year and I talked about mm-hmm. how much I admired Stanley Crouch as a writer even though I didn't agree with a lot of what he believed in. But Stanley Crouch's criticism of Miles Davis electric period, like if you ever want to read the most beautifully written rants of hatred Stanley Crouch talking about Electric Miles is is magnificent. He hated Electric Miles so much. Really? It was glorious to see him rant about Electric Miles. Were you a fan of Electric Miles? I am. I am. I very much am. I, I think it's it's a it's a clear connection from Electric Miles to ambient music, to hip hop, mm-hmm. to drum and bass to like a lot of it goes straight to you know um i think it's on the block and tar baby i think Mm -hmm. it's tar baby i think it's called tar baby and and of course bitches brew bitches brew is one of my favorite albums of all time so deborah battle says that she would love a toast and honor bar well if you were here in philly at nine o'clock at night you could get one (laughs) right outside lynn's window in fact Everyone can come over right now because apparently he's never going to he's move. Never going to move. <laughs> he is never going. He's 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 literally camped right in front of my window. Y'all want us to do it live? We're doing it live. I feel like I want to run out and get a toast and Well, you know what? You better go ahead and get it while we're on the air because I guarantee as soon as we say goodnight. He's leaving. He's gonna leave. He's gonna he's gonna pull out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, they're done. Yeah. I've missed my window. All right. I miss my <laughs> Water Babies. That's another one. What a water. I don't know. It's, it's a Miles Davis album. Oh. My brother's. Well, you know, it's me and my brother. We were down with the. Like, I remember. I'm trying. Like, I saw Water Babies. You thought he was having a fit? No, I actually was you like. You thought he was having a fit? It's like, what? What ice cream cone was yeah. called Water Babies? Yeah. My dad had a copy of Bitches Brew that he didn't listen to because I don't know. My, my dad was real cool on electric miles but i remember me and my brother sitting and listening to bitches brew mm. in like the 90s and like finding like the little break beats oh, okay. in there like like oh you're a heavy d dude yes sir the you can see what i can see that sample is from bitches brew oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know yeah see i and I, I do like jazz i'm not the jazz head that you were mm-hmm. and i think that's because my dad well my parents weren't huge jazz people okay so they had a lot of r&b in their house right um, you know like nancy wilson sure that king cole you know ray charles um and then my sister my older sister is really the person whose music that i really grew up on because mm-hmm. saturday morning she'd be you know doing her chores and she'd be playing music throughout the house so i'd listen to the temptations jackson five gladys knight and the pips supremes and all of them so she so she is where i really started to cultivate 
my love of music. So jazz, I really didn't get into until I was an adult. And sure. even then I just never dug deep into it. Look, my dad liked what he liked. So my dad liked big band stuff, you know, like a lot of cab, cab uh, Count Basie, mm-hmm. you know, like big band. And he liked organ jazz. Oh, okay. So like that, you, you know, um, that I... Lou Donaldson, yeah, and, you know, yeah. organs, organs. And then big. so a lot of my jazz stuff, like my love happened when I was an adult. Probably the same way, like, look, you come at it backwards. That's like I just said how I came to it. Like I 100% came to jazz through hip hop. That's true. That's true. Like, you know, my dad, I always say my dad introduced me to it. But Pete Rock made me love it. And and Gangstar. Yeah, and, and Gangstar. Yeah. 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 You know, Premier. Premier, the guru. He did, he did like what? Yeah, two, guru, three yeah, albums. yeah, yeah. But all of them do, you know, digging in the crates and tribe, you know, Dom and D. Q-tip. I mean, just the the actual DJs. Yeah, yeah. Who were yeah, pulling? Yeah, Diamond like, D. That's a good one, right? Like you know. Yeah, it was it? That was the whole digging in the crates crew, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who? The beat miners. Yeah. You know the beat nuts. Yeah. Like all of them dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Made me kind of. Yeah, and Pete Rock is like Pete Rock. Like he he will pull some horns. Look, man. man. Pete Rock horns. Look, right. Donald Bird probably should be. Sending Pete Rock thank you notes right now. Oh, well, I'm sure a lot of them. Yeah, are. all them dudes. Because they understand. They understand. Bobby Hutchins, like them, them, them. Okay. All right. I, all right. We should probably go. We should probably go. We should probably because yes, we should. Yeah, because because 70s jazz when they when like they were all them all them all them companies was about to go out of business, and then they told the jazz players you need to make something funky for the kids, yes. and then the jazz but somebody said they all said hold my drink. All right, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, we invite you to check out the Michelle Mission Two Men One podcast. Every black film ever made, the Michelle Mission is produced by Vincent Williams and Len Webb. It is edited by Len Webb. It is co-produced by Maurice Popular. Check him out at ashyfeet.com. You can check out his Shaboyan Nights. Our theme music is by Alexa Gold. Check out Alexa Gold Music for her new releases. More coming soon. Trust me. And our social media is by Toya Haynes, who ain't doing social media for nobody else, so don't at her. That's <laughs> See, see, see. No, we're gonna get a text about that. No, she's not. Okay. <laughs> she told me that. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. Um, check out the michellemission.com where you can hit swag and check out the cool designs and gifts via our good friends at T Public, including our six degrees of Durville Martin uh, designs. We have a two new designs that will be going up next week that aren't even Durvell Martin designs, but we hope that you will check them out. Um, always feel free to hit us up via email at michellemission at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Follow the Michelle Mission on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe on YouTube and Twitch at the Michelle Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. If you really want to help our show, give us a five-star rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that really helps our 
ranking in all their algorithms. Next week, Black Music Month continues and it is Vincent's selection. And for this time, Vincent is the one who dug in the crates and he went all the way back to 1988. That's right. And speaking of Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. he went to a uh, slept on Clint Eastwood joint, as it were. Oh, the big Forrest, controversial. And very much so. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker plays Charlie Parker, better known as Bird mm. from 1988. Next week, here on the Michaud Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> <laughs>